Me and have the special. Watch his day and night. I go to him in prayer. 
All right, if you will, turn with me to Hebrews 4 tonight. Hebrews 4, and we're going to start reading in verse 14. If, if you will, let's stand for God's reading again tonight. It says, Seeing then that we have a great high priest that is passed into the heavens, Jesus the Son of God, let us hold fast our possession. For we have not an high priest which cannot be touched with the filling of our infirmities, but was in all points tempted like as we are, yet without sin. Let us therefore come boldly unto the throne of grace, that we may obtain mercy and find grace to help us in time of need. Let's bow. Dear Lord, thank you for this day. Thank you for allowing us to come out again tonight and just study a portion of your word. Dear Lord, help us to take it uh, to remembrance what we've learned tonight. Lord, thank you for all the ones that help teach and study and, and everything we do in BTC. Dear Lord, just help uh, those teachers in Sunday school and BTC as they prepare in the weeks to come. Forgive us all our sins. In your name I pray. Amen. You know, as studying out for this message, I, you often, especially in studying the book of Hebrews, uh, often your study takes you back to the Old Testament and uh, the study of the high priest and everything that's going on here. One of the articles that I ran across as I was studying uh, this particular passage was an article on Aaron. And really neat how Aaron, uh, he came out with the people from Egypt. He, he knew the people. He was uh, a part of that people. And he very much could relate to what the people were going through. And as we see the author of Hebrews, he writes this. He ties a relation between Aaron and Jesus here. Because Jesus wasn't just like any other high priest. He knew the struggles that we face. He knew what we would be going through. What we've went through. And in that thought, you know, Jesus knows my weakness. He knows my weakness. One of the things that I deal with, uh, just being very transparent with you tonight, is my anger. You know, I may not have inherited uh, the singing ability from my mother, but I inherited a high temper from my father. And that's one of the things that I struggle with on many occasions and, uh, you know, Jesus, He understood that. Uh, we'll look at a few things here in a minute where Jesus had the right to be angry sometimes. But yet He did it and He never sinned. What an amazing accomplishment that was. Maybe your weakness is patience. Many of us go to Walmart and we always get our patience tested. Or maybe it's in the doctor's office, sitting around waiting when you had a scheduled appointment. Whatever it is, maybe patience is your weakness, and a lot of us, pride is our weakness. And I remember one time as a young boy, me and my cousin were out in the yard, and um, I said one of the things that, you know, you wish you could take back. I told him, I said, you're not man enough to shoot me with a BB gun. <laughs> Evidently he was. 
<laughs> and that hurt. But the thing is, a lot of us fall into that trap when somebody questions who we are. It's our weakness. Jesus, when He was tempted by the devil, several times if you look at those questions, He was questioned about who He was. The people of the temple, they were buying and selling. Well, they weren't just buying and selling. They were doing something illegal in God's eyes. And Jesus got mad at them. The disciples, they fought over which one would be the greatest. And yet Jesus had patience with them. Peter denied Him three times. And even Jesus knew before He denied Him that He would do it. And He was patient with Peter. The people mocked Jesus as the King of the Jews. He didn't let His pride get Him. He died on the cross for them too. And some other things that Jesus faced was, you know, when He was on the cross, or before He was on the cross, the soldiers put a crown of thorns on His head. They gave Him vinegar to drink on the cross. So many points. Not only those three tests in, in, in the desert Jesus faced, but so many things in Jesus' life you can look at and say, wow, He faced that. So when it comes to our weaknesses, we'd be foolish to say that Jesus doesn't understand. He completely understands what we're going through. Jesus understands our temptation. When Satan tempted Him in the wilderness, Jesus understood the temptation of power, pleasure, and fulfillment. But He didn't sin. When Jesus knew what Judas would do, He would literally, figuratively stab Him in the back. He loved Judas anyway. When Jesus was overcome with emotion at Lazarus' death, He wept. He knew what emotion was. And Jesus understands when we struggle. He understands that we may face heartache, pain, emotion, because He faced it here on this earth as well. And He understands that, that we want pleasure, power, and fulfillment from our flesh. And that can urge us towards sin. He understands. He gets it. But here, as, as we look at this, not only does He understand it, but He gives us instruction for it. He tells us to boldly approach the throne of grace. You know, as I thought about that, boldly approaching a throne. And who, who sits on that throne? Jesus Christ Himself. And it, to some, may be hard. Just imagine approaching a throne where you have the death sentence. You say, what, Trey, what are you talking about? Just imagine back in the old times, or even today, treason in, in American countries, the death sentence is required. But anyway, back in the old times, if you approached a king and, and your fault was treason, you were about to be killed. That would be hard. That would be a little bit hesitant to go to that throne, right? Well, if, if you look at Scripture, uh, that's exactly where we are. 
Romans 6.23. What does it say? For the wages of sin is death. That's me. But that's not what defines this throne. Grace defines this throne. Through the death of Jesus Christ and His sacrificial payment on the cross, we have grace. And I no longer have to go to the throne and say, here's my sin, Lord, please. I can boldly approach the throne because I know what He did on the cross conquered my sin and my penalty. The writers of Hebrews says we need to go boldness, boldly because this throne is defined by grace. And it also says we need to approach that throne so we may obtain mercy. See, grace is giving someone something they don't deserve. I don't deserve the sacrificial payment that Jesus paid on the cross. But mercy is not giving you what you do deserve. Like that man with the sentence of treason, I deserve death. I deserve a penalty. But my penalty's already been paid. What Christ did on Calvary covered my sin. And, and that's the whole thing that uh, the writers of Hebrews is trying to get across. You know, they would go and they would offer an offering uh, in, in place of their sin as some type of covering. But what Jesus did, He annihilated it with His death and offering His life. And no more is there just a covering, but it's gone. It's cast as far as the east is from the west. He took our sin penalty, and it's gone. Knowing that mercy and grace are the result of approaching the throne helps me to approach it with boldness. You know, it, it, it always tickles me. Up at the bus shop, we have one driver that has a young girl, and uh, she's so shy. She's just so shy. She won't hardly go to anybody. She stays wrapped around her mother's leg. But if you've got candy, she'll come see you. And I think about that. Jesus, what He offers is something sweet. Something marvelous. He has this grace and mercy that He's just handing out if we'll only come to Him. And that's the thing about it. He's my help in time of need. See, this approaching the throne is not just something that we do upon salvation. It's a daily thing. See, Jesus told us that even though we have grace, life's not going to be hunky-dory. As a matter of fact, Jesus tells us that we will have trouble in this life. He reassures us several times throughout His Scripture that if we follow after Him, we will be persecuted. And the pain of that can lead us into temptation. When we think, oh, is me. I'm facing the whole world at this moment. That can lead us into temptation. The temptation to just give up on God. But did you know that's exactly what the devil wants you to do? Satan wants you in a point in place where you're actually doing nothing for Christ because you're actually helping him out. The writer of Hebrews 
is reminding us that Christ is there in the middle of that. When I'm at my wit's end in my service to Christ, I go back to the cross. I go back to the throne of grace. And I go back to my salvation. That's where it's at. You see, when I'm at my wit's end, I think, wow, Jesus, He was at His wit's end. He's been here. And He went further. When He could barely carry the cross, somebody got up and Jesus stood up and they both carried the cross. He went further and further and further. Why? Because He loved me. And because He knew that His service here on earth was right. And when we're at our wit's end serving Christ, we need to realize that what we're doing is right. I think about the throne of grace and how I need it really every day. And it reminds me of a Scripture here in First Corinthians, or Second Corinthians rather, Verse tw- or chapter 12 and verse 9. After Paul had went several times and he'd inquired of the Lord for this thorn in his flesh, he, he said, please remove it from me, Lord. Please remove it from me. How did God respond? And He said unto me, My grace is sufficient for thee, for my strength is made perfect in weakness. Most gladly, therefore, will I rather glory in my infirmities that the power of Christ may rest upon me. See, I think Paul had this idea of going to the throne of grace. It's an everyday thing. When I slip up today, I need to go to the throne. Whenever I start drifting from the plans that God has for me, I need to go to the throne of grace. When I start feeling sorry for myself, I need the throne of grace. Jesus is my help in time of need. You see, a lot of people say that this thorn that Paul had was probably his eyesight. But in you and me, it doesn't have to be your eyesight. It could be your infirmity, your weakness, your pride, your patience, your anger, Whatever you face, that could be your infirmity. And, and the thing is, yes, through reading the Scripture and transforming our lives to the life that Christ wants us to have, we can get away from that. We can deal with that. But we need to realize that it's not us dealing with it. It's God Himself because He only holds the power to change a man. And if he never does get rid of it, as is the case with Paul, we can glory in our infirmities because his grace is sufficient. His grace is enough to keep living, to keep doing the work he has set before us only by his grace. And whenever we learn to live like that, whenever we learn to live resting upon His grace and not ourselves, then we can truly do the will that Christ has called us to. Only when we look at His grace and say, hey, that's enough for me. Even though I am weak, He is strong, and He can carry me on. 
You know, a couple weeks ago I was over here uh, working on that, well, it's been a month now, on that hardwood floor in the old Masonic Lodge. And before that time, I'd laid hardwood floor before, but never that exact type. So I started getting on the Internet and I started researching. Why? Because I wanted to know exactly how to do it. I wanted to to have some knowledge or experience in doing it before I actually did it. So that so that you as a church could trust me to do it, I wanted to do it to the best of my ability. And that research and that experience I got now, sure, I can do it, but not at your house. Uh, <laughs> no, just kidding. Uh, but God's the same way. He came to this earth. He experienced exactly what we experience. And whenever I need help in this life, whenever I need uh, some pick-me-up, some guidance, some direction, I can go to Him. Because He knows every single thing that I go through. He's been there. He's done that. And He can help me through. As the song minister comes tonight, I want you to ask yourself, do I often lean on the grace of God? Whenever I'm weak, whenever I don't think I can do the things that He's called me to, do I fully put my faith in Him? I fully say, well, even if I can't do it, He can help me do it.